Welcome to Energy Unleashed, a unique podcast that kicks off each episode with an energy update of an actual client healing session from Suzanne Worthley, a full-time intuitive energy practitioner and holistic healer. Suzanne openly shares real client challenges and fears from health issues to personal relationships to ghosts and land hauntings to death and dying and more. Directly following each energy update, Suzanne invites co-host Kim Hess to join her in Unleash to present the human perspective, share real life experiences, and offer professional energy tactics to help you navigate life here on Earth and beyond. Hello, everybody. It is Suzanne and Kim back with another episode of Energy Unleashed. We start each of these episodes with an actual energy update, which is actually a client update. Um, Because I'm an energy practitioner, I'm really, I think, very fortunate to be able to work with people on a daily basis in terms of really having my hand on the pulse of what is going on. And I really appreciate when these clients let me or allow me to share their story to be able to see, you know, what we can learn from one another, because this stuff is is very common. And this particular story that I'm actually going to start out with for the energy update portion is, is a culmination of, of quite a few clients, actually, because one person in um, general, but there is several people that are basically right now going through what we would call a lot of dark night of the soul issues. And Kim and I are going to get into that when we get into the unleashed part. But Dark night of the soul issues um, oftentimes mean that the client is basically struggling in every arena of their life. Everything starts to disassemble or fall to pieces or become a challenge all at the same time. And this is very, very common right now because of all of the angst and the fear and all of the programming that we're dealing with overall. So some of the arenas that this will play out in, for example, is a job. Um, a partnership, a marriage, maybe children, it can be health issues, it can be um, almost anything. And usually when this happens to a person, as is happening to this particular client, um, they all fall apart at one time. And so this particular gentleman that I was working with a couple weeks back here is just a really wonderful guy. I love when I get the chance to work with him. And um, he is really struggling, like I said, with very much of this dark night stuck hitting at the same time right now, which really was confusing him. And just learning the concept of dark night really, I think, helped him understand that it wasn't like, oh, my God, I'm getting attacked. This is all me or I'm really a mess and I'm falling to pieces. When we can actually get some kind of a concept handed to us that this stuff does happen to not just me, but many, meaning one one thing falls apart, it mirrors in every other arena, then I don't think I'm going quite so crazy. So it was really cool to be able to tell him that this is kind of a common thing that I'm seeing with many, many of my clients right now. You know, many of these clients are really struggling also, um, and generally speaking, again, in terms of uh, using different substances or things to kind of divert their attention. And this is a really common thing I'm seeing right now, too. A lot of people are either, you know, um, checking out. They're they're becoming depressed. They are isolating themselves. A lot of people are using substances more than ever, especially right now during the time period where we are, you know, quarantined of sorts from one another still. And so a lot of people are thinking that 
if I just, you know, have that bottle of wine or if I just get stoned, you know, or if I take that drug or if I'm on my meds or if I'm smoking weed, everything's going to feel good. I'm going to be relaxed and then I can become creative. I am not here to tell anybody what to do. So take what resonates, toss the rest as any time that we talk online here. But when we are talking about something that is especially a mind altering thing, uh, what I want to say in terms of energy is this. It oftentimes will put a destructive pattern on the auric field around the actual energy body. Um, even weed, um, you know, anything hallucinogenic will definitely take a hit on that auric container, meaning my gasoline tank. And we think that we're being more relaxed, but actually we are opening up our field to a lot more programming and a lot more things coming in. And the other thing about, um, you know, taking that route to be creative, I'm going to explore this more when Kim chimes in a little bit here. But I think for me as a person, an individual person, this is my belief system, I think it's very important for me when I'm doing metaphysical work or journeying work to be able to 100% own that experience without anything that's altering that so that I can indeed know that that creativity or that alignment to source energy or that message from my guide or whatever is actually genuine. And I think this is a really important thing right now to be able to know that our guides are genuine because there's some energies out there right now that are tricksters. There's a lot of trickster energy, and we're going to talk about that further, too, when we unleash this in just a bit. But a lot of these clients right now are struggling with, oh, you know, do I just check out of my body to feel better because all this crap's going down at one time? And I can totally relate. I mean, I can understand that totally. And this is really not only um, this particular client's issue, but a lot of my client's issues right now in all kinds of different packages. Another piece to this particular person's journey has to do with dogma and religion. And we're going to unleash this part too in a bit here. This is something that I'm finding very common and actually growing quite extensively in the last couple of years through my um, individual client work here. I'm seeing more and more people are turning to what they learned when they were children from their parents or their society or their family or their schools in terms of dogmatic religion and start to say, hey, I don't know if this works for me anymore. This particular client grew up Mormon, and I know that that's even more tight and more boxed and more difficult. And he in himself is really struggling with the original messaging of that, including the concept of tithing, um, where you put forward, you know, percentage of your income to the church. And I know for a fact, as as growing up Catholic and giving all kinds of things to the church, um, the day that I found out that the church was doing things with my so-called money that was donated to them for the cause, and their cause did not align with my cause, I started to really question my financial connection through what I would consider some form of tithing as well. So I think these are all really, really common things, and I'm excited to break them down in a bit here with Kim, because we are finding that we then struggle with, why did I waste so much time believing what I was taught when I was a kid? Because, oh my God, you know, I, none of it was real. I'm getting disenchanted. I'm disconnected and depressed now. And then we can slip into what is called the victim mode. So these are 
all really typical things that I'm seeing from a client base right now. Like I said, this is kind of, you know, a cumulative report of, of many different clients over the last weeks, if not months, and even into the year, because we're having a very difficult time right now trying to figure out what is true and not true for me. So I'm going to turn this um, into the unleashed part with Kim right now and really kind of open this up a little bit so that we can get into the meat of this. But Kim, this guy, welcome, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> this guy is um, truly one of my favorite clients. And then amazingly, all the other clients that I've been seeing, like I mentioned for quite some time, have similar attributes or similar challenges. And so he's not unique in any way. Um, but he is the big, burly dude. He's very um, physically, he's very big, he's he's strong, he, he's very powerful, he's very, um, comes across very much like in control. And he is very honest and has been for a long time about had many years of substance abuse himself way back when, anger issues way back when, was on meds way back when. Now, again, similar story, not just him. So many of my clients, this is their story. You know, anger issues, had meds, had anxiety and depression meds. And many people are tossing those out the window right now because they just don't want that crap running through their system. And they don't want to be giving all that power away to pharmaceuticals, which I think is really cool as long as you're doing it medically, you know, carefully mm -hmm. and not just, you know, throwing it down the toilet and freaking out afterwards. Right. right. So um, I think that this number one, I would like to talk about that. This is a really common thing that we we have this outer shell of this really big, powerful, strong, angry person. And yet this particular person and many of these clients are teddy bears inside. They're beautiful, wonderful souls that are starting to open up like a lotus flower and starting to come into their own because this dark night stuff is actually prompting their spiritual journey. It's crazy, right? Oh, it's amazing. I think that um, what's hard to, I, you've just, put out a lot of information, by the way, Yeah, <laughs> as we go through and, and work through this. The um, dark night of the soul is a concept that you don't hear every day, mm -hmm. I don't think, in regular medium, you know, mainstream, uh, media, mainstream yeah. media or, you know, from your friends or family or, or anything like that. And so when you talk about that first of, you know, that that I think most people go through periods of time in their life that they really have to... Um, uh, you know, the challenges and, and look at why it's happening. And, you know, when, when you said that it's victimized, you know, you, you feel like you might be a victim. You feel like, oh, you feel like how could this nuts. all happen to me? Yeah. Why me? And especially why me, God? What, yeah. what are you doing? Why are you picking that? And that's why and, religion and, blends in because you're screaming at the ethers going, why, why are you doing this to me? Right. Yeah. And what did I do wrong? Yeah. You know, what, what, how could this be? And, um, I, and as you start to look at your core beliefs, I think that's what it goes back to. Um, you're you're looking at, um, are you really following what you hear in your head as a truth? Are you really following what people told you exactly. you need to follow? And do you feel good about what you're following? I, I think it's very difficult to listen to that inner voice, especially when it conflicts you know, with, with what your beliefs are, what you've been told you should believe and what expectations you put on yourself. And when that conflict starts, what happens then with many of my clients and even myself at a certain point way back when is then you get pissed. Mm -hmm. 
And then you feel like you've been abandoned of sorts by um, the God source or the energy source. It's like, wait a minute, you know, uh, what did I do wrong now? Even bigger because the so-called God guy on a cloud with a dress is mad. And, and that must be why everything's being taken away from me. And so this is a very typical reaction that many of my clients have, including myself, when I was at the depths of losing everything. I think I've said this on a couple of other actual recordings in that I was literally standing in my healing room screaming at the ether saying, you can take everything because you are you've taken this you've taken that and and you and you've done this and you've done that and then all of a sudden my hands are flailing around to the so-called ethers in my ceiling going <laughs> who are you talking to who are you talking to <laughs> who are you talking to there Susie yeah. Q you right. know and and we start to understand wow I just totally pulled out victim mode you totally did. Yeah. pulled out victim mode yeah it's happening to me yep you know and I that that concept of you know it's hard to go through these situations. And um, especially if you might not have the the support around you mm-hmm. that's understanding and compassionate and, and, and empathizing with what you're going through. I, I think if you're isolated and alone, like so many people are right now, yeah. you are thinking you're doing this alone. And you think you're nuts. And yeah. when Dark Knight hits, because it is in so many different what we would call um, sandboxes to play in is how we mm-hmm. use that metaphor a lot here. Um, you know, every sandbox is crashing at the same time. And I truly think I can't do it. I can't do it. I would just rather not be here. And I have had actual clients say I'd rather be dead, which mm-hmm. of course, that is not the greatest end result, because you're still going to do the work on the other side of the veil, right? So mm-hmm. this is very important for people to understand that 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 un leashed, literal unleashed abandonment feeling is very, very common. And it's important to work through that because it isn't real. It's common, but it's actually not real in terms of nobody's alone. We aren't abandoned by source. Source is not a guy on a cloud with a book condemning you. It is very important for us to work through these Mm -hmm. issues. And and now I'm going to dovetail right into without actually hiding from them. And many of clients um, are, are doing this, you know, it's such a hard time right now, though, because it's also a combination of sheer boredom, Groundhog Day. Oh, my God, every day is the same. What am I going to do? I want to just, you know, stick a pen in my eye because it's all so yeah. boring. I mean, wait, I wore those pajama bottoms yesterday. Can I wear them two days in a row? Let's let's go for four days in a row. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. I don't even think people know how to put I tried to put on actual boots to go out the other day, like cute boots. And I'm like, my feet don't even know how to do this anymore. <laughs> so I think hiding with substances um, and it doesn't always have to be, you know, alcohol or drugs, it can be Netflix, it can be, you know, online shopping on Amazon, it can be anything. But specifically speaking to, you know, hiding into a substance abuse is very easy right now. I mean, we chat all the time, Kim and I are totally, totally, um, you know, out there saying we're transparent, we love wine, we're wine (laughs) girls. And I can open a bottle of wine pretty dang easy these days. And it's important to stay on top of that in terms of, are you drinking because you're bored? Are you drinking because you want to drink? Are you drinking too much because you're not paying attention? Are you drinking because you're hiding? You're hiding. Or I feel like habits have been created, right? Well, you may be hiding. That's still part of it. But, you know, you go to make dinner. You're making dinner a lot. You know, you're making every meal. 
It's like, why not have a glass of wine while I'm making this dinner? And then it's two glasses. Or smoke a joint or have a bowl or whatever. And then the one joint or the bowl turns into let's smoke four times a day and then it's all day. And I think this is, again, I don't necessarily condone wine over weed. It's not like that. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to an actual, actual hallucinogenic frequency there's something about the energy of it that is more i i don't know it's um there's a wiggle factor to it that's a little bit different on the other hand if you're blotto on booze you're not doing your field Mm -hmm. any good either so i mean you know i think this is all about balance and this is about understanding but i think it's important for people to examine what we're talking about is this a habit is this boredom is this because I really do enjoy being high or kind of tipsy right now? Because that's fine too, if that's mm-hmm. your thing. That If that is your thing, that's fine too. It's just find what is the purpose behind it and own that fully with the consequences attached. Right. If right. that makes some sense. Well, right, because I think your overall health is something that you really have to pay attention to. As, as you're doing this. And, and not, it, it does make time go faster. Well, and I, think, I was going to say, it's not just health. Yeah. It's, it's more like all of a sudden my day's gone and I right. didn't do a dang thing. Right. It know? makes time disappear. Yeah. I mean, shit, if we're just sitting there in la-la land all day mm-hmm. long and, and we're not getting anything done, mm-hmm. this is coming from the woman who purports don't be a human doing machine. <laughs> right. <laughs> but there does have to be things to, you know, actually move through your life at some sort mm-hmm. of a pace. And so, again, all about balance. So I think this is very... Um, obviously happening in many, many ways. This particular client and many of the clients in this kind of combined story are also using the verbiage of a shoulds, I have tos, I need tos, I can'ts. We talk about this all the time. Watching our words is very, very important because, um, you know, we are we are literally creating with energy what comes out of our frequency of our mouth on an ongoing basis. The actual manifestation is instantaneous these days. And if you're not playing around with that and being aware of that, start doing so if you choose, because you're going to be blown away at how quickly you're manifesting what you th- think and or say. It's right. crazy. And think about how many thoughts you have in a day. Yeah. If that loop is playing through your head over and over and over and you're saying it out loud. Yep. Um, yeah, you're going to you're going to attract you know, what you might not want. And not only that, I'm so creeped out lately in terms of our technology is also like a bigger version of that. Big brother monitoring crap. <laughs> you I like mean, when Siri just starts talking to you and you're not even by your phone? Totally. And, <laughs> Come on. and or I say something and then that phone hears it. And then two hours later, I get the ad for the crap I was just talking about. And I'm like, I hate that. Yes. I'm in awe of it. But I hate it because I think it's super, super creepy and I think it's super dangerous. But this is an extended version of instant manifestation in our world. So, again, if we're talking really negatively and we're putting out a lot of negativity, just have that kind of like metaphor in your head of how Siri listens to you and sends you the message because that's what collective consciousness is doing for you all day long. That's really a a great way to say it. I mean, that was it's a hard concept, like I said, and. Um, so that it, you, what you put out there is what you get back mm-hmm. was really hard for me to get my head around because, because of the thoughts and the things going through my head all the time, you do, you just don't, um, associate that to why well, I said I want, mm-hmm. you know, and it might be something that you think is good, but it's really not just how you, how you think it, how you phrase it, all of it matters. All of it I matters. still have a really hard time with the 
flip version of law of attraction, meaning what I don't want, I'm also getting because mm-hmm. I am very clear in understanding law of attraction and I still totally suck at it in terms of, you know, I, I'm, I want to lose weight. I want to lose weight. <laughs> and then it goes, finds me more. <laughs> right? So over that. Where did that five pounds come from? Yeah. Come thanks, Siri. <laughs> So, yeah, but I think that this is all something that we are really, I think, kind of, and, and I don't want to say need to, because that's another one of those words, I think challenged with mm-hmm. is a great way to put it um, in terms of how things are coming so quickly and so fast for us. You know, the vastness of our world is, and the infinite of things are very difficult, which can now unleash and dovetail right into our conversation of you know, um, this particular client and many are struggling with that God concept and that dogma concept and and letting that go and understanding personal responsibility instead of letting a guy or a, a dogmatic practice or principle or a kind of a church tell me what I can and can't do. And this is very, very difficult for people because this abandonment process there is is another really deep hole for dark night it's very uh, it's a rabbit hole that can get really really scary because if i let go of my family beliefs my dogmatic beliefs my religion beliefs and and i've wasted all that time like i said at the beginning you know that thought of i've wasted all those years thinking this as a practitioner what i tell them is this if you do believe in divine timing and divine guidance nothing is wasted No time spent on something is wasted if we look at it from that perspective. So if source energy is actually guiding me through my journey here and source energy is is participatory on what I am experiencing, nothing is a waste of time because quite possibly my body had to choose to experience the depth of something to the nth degree before I got to walk away from it. And there might be a million reasons for that. It might Mm -hmm. be past life atonement. It might be full understanding. It might be, you know, understanding the yin for the yang and duality and polarity. There's a gazillion different reasons that we do what we do from a higher perspective. But to have the faith, this is where my religion comes in is the word faith and honoring faith. To have the faith that my higher guidance, my higher self knows exactly what I'm doing and nothing was a waste of time. I think that's mm-hmm. extremely important here because you will slip into that victim mode if you go there. Yeah, and I don't think it, I mean, when you think about, and of course, I uh, grew up Catholic, went to Catholic schools. And we were both Catholic both and Catholic, Catholic, a little more Catholic yeah. and a side of Catholic. Right, yeah. and, 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 and our kids. Bo- and now we're both our- like, what? <laughs> But I, I believe it, um, that a lot of the lessons learned and all of some of the concepts through the church were important. Yeah. You know, I, I, you can't throw that all away because it's part of what makes you who you are right now. Well, you can. You, and I don't, I don't yeah. think it's fair for us to say you can't throw it away because many people 100% will walk away 200% from their religion because mm-hmm. they're pissed. They're mad. They're angry. They're abandoned. They're, they're frustrated. So you can walk away 100%. You're not really going to walk away energetically because it's ingrained and anchored into Mm -hmm. your actual matrix. But you can, you think, you can walk away. So when you're, I think what you're saying is, is you you don't really energetically walk away. You, because it's a belief system. You Mm -hmm. can maintain that belief system. You can validate it. You can change it. You can erase it. But it's getting really down to the concept of I'm really in charge of this and choosing. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Um, 
But in my situation, I think that there were things about the religion that were important for me to still, I'm not talking brick and mortar of the church or Mm -hmm. the man or the woman standing in front of me. I'm talking more about um, kindness. You know, there were just certain things that came out of it that really stuck with me and other concepts with the church that did not resonate with me Mm -hmm. whatsoever. Mm -hmm. I still hold some of those positive things that I think are positive with me. And I think those are Christ consciousness and mm-hmm. we'll and we'll probably be doing another energy unleash really, you know, within the very near future here on terms of what is Christ consciousness versus religion. Mm-hmm. You know, what is that vibrational frequency that we're all looking for in terms of virtues, you know, actual kindness, actual mercy, actual empathy, compassion mm-hmm. and grace. And, you know, hope, charity and love, Um, all of those things are vibrational frequencies that we can look at that are packaged in a certain way when we're presented it through religion and then in a different manner, in a different Mm -hmm. kind of maybe metaphysical or esoteric package. But they're all kind of the same thing. It depends on the spin factor. Well, especially across several different religions. Yeah. Very similar. Yeah. Without the shame, guilt. And all the other things that may have come with it in yeah. that packaging. Which was yeah, really right. specific to that Catholic <laughs> packaging, <laughs> at least in most of our cases. So, yeah, this particular um, client and a couple very recently have been very frustrated about this religious undoing. And I present the idea or invite them to maybe look at it differently in terms of not anger to let it feel like you got taken or bamboozled. Mm-hmm more along the lines of good for you that you're actually growing up and through what you were initially given as information and actually taking it and owning it in your own form, format, packaging, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Because our God packages are all very individualized. And in my opinion, God packages get to be individualized because there's no one package. It's it's impossible. Right. Right? It is impossible. I mean, that's just crazy. So... Well, and part of that, don't you think, as you start to listen to your own thoughts and understand, you know, if you're running negative, you know, messaging or positive messaging, whatever that might be, but as you start to listen and really hear your inner voice, that you start to connect with your soul in a different way, which connects to God's source in a different way. Mm-hmm. So that was, took me, it's taking me a long, I'm still doing that, yeah. trying to be more connected to that source than what is coming from the outer side of me like not the like the whole inner part of me um it takes a lot of work you know to really find that place well and and to trust it i guess is part of the deal yes because in working with people from a psychic realm and or an energetic realm you know oftentimes i'm teaching psychic skill sets or or talk to your angelics or your benevolence or your guides all interchangeable words for me Um, You know, and people are like, how do I talk to my guide? And how do I know they're real? And how do I know they are listening? And who is they? And all of those things are very ambiguous for people. And when we go to an outer source, everything is concrete and, and there and kind of structured and solid. When we go inside, everything's the exact opposite. Mm -hmm. And it's very confusing for people because oftentimes from a psychic perspective, by the way, people and when they connect with their guidance, will be surprised to know that that guidance actually comes through in your own voice. They're expecting some, you know, 
theatrical version of the booming voice of guidance <laughs> and God. And it doesn't work like that. It sounds like your exact voice. And then what happens is, is that you, you know, you, you question it mm-hmm. and you think, oh, I'm just making that up. And oh, I'm such a dork. This isn't real. I'm just playing along. And oftentimes when I do training on guides and guidance and, you know, connecting with spirit, et cetera, I say the actual lines fake it till you make it. This is ex- actually an, a, a piece to the process of allowing yourself to mm, train that kind of energy field because if we fake it until we make it, it makes the line of energy accessible. It makes it creative. It makes it, while we're doing the fake, it makes it easy to have the experience. The more that that road is driven on, let's say there's a bumpy road and we keep driving down it, keep driving down it, then we're flying down it because the road is no longer bumpy. All the bumps are out and all the, you know, the rocks are gone and everything's smashed down. And now we're flying down almost like, you know, highway pavement versus the old crappy road at the beginning out in the middle of a field. And so these are important ways to look at energy that if I do that process over and over again, mm-hmm. practice does make perfect in terms of this kind of a connection. And to understand my psychic skill set offers this information oftentimes in my own voice does not necessarily mean it's real or not real so these are all things that nobody really teaches us in school or in right. third grade you know so like third grade teachers going hey you know <laughs> this is what your guide sounds like so these are all I think really important elements when one is moving from that package of that you know person standing on the pulpit telling me what to do and what not to do mm-hmm. it's, it's freedom but freedom's yeah. scary it is scary. And I think one of the things that helped me to listen or start to hear my, in my voice, hear messages um, was journaling, you know, cool. every day and, you know, just going through and, and writing down my thoughts as I read back. Um, it was definitely, I, I was getting messaging through the journaling process, um, even though I might not have recognized it the same way that I do now. Right. Um, and in our world, we would call that moving into channeling. Mm-hmm. And that would be a scary word for many people because then it's like, oh, my God, now you open that Pandora's box and what crap are going to come out of there? And now you've got the evil things. And <laughs> holy shit, now you've really opened it up and you're in trouble, you know, and then on and on how that can go. But in reality, prayer is channeling. Channeling is prayer. It is. Prayer is connection to guidance and God's source. Mm-hmm. And so these are all interchangeable if we would just take all of the fear factor and the buzz things away. Well, it's not necessarily even a formal prayer. It's conversation. Exactly. That conversation, I w- it would be so funny because I'd be in my head having that conversation about maybe needing to do something, not do something. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, a light bulb would go off. You know, like, or, I mean, literally, a light would go off and go back on. Right. Or, I would get assigned some other way to say, yeah, you, you, you dork. Come yeah. on, listen. Yeah. It's all there and you're, you're already hearing it. Just and, and it is It is conversations. That's why that book, it's Neil Donald Walsh, I believe, is the author of Conversations with God. And he's got one, two, and three. There's three versions. There are three parts to that series. And I remember when I read the first one, it's his channeling of talking with God and asking God questions. And if nobody's ever read that, it's kind of a cool way to open up your brain a little bit to the fact that God isn't necessarily a guy. It's an entity. It's an energy. It's an essence 
that actually you can converse with because it's you connecting to your higher self and your God self in version of and then kind of expanding into that highest source energy. And so it's cool, cool. Have you read that? No, I haven't. Seriously? No. Okay, that's funny. I would have assumed... (laughs) I've got to get that for you. <laughs> Present. Um, yeah. And one is is profound. Um, it, it, number one, kind of like if it's boom, mind blowing mm-hmm. like that, if you've not kind of gone there mm-hmm. with that concept. Um, number two kind of expands it more into like more worldviews, et cetera. And that one was my least of favorite of the three in terms of um, just because it got kind of political and, you know, um, it just kind of got into that 3D crap, which is fine. It's still good stuff, really great conversations. And then number three, of course, is my favorite because then it goes into the world of the off planet and all the, you know, alien stuff and the the stuff that people are like, what the hell are you even talking about? I never <laughs> even thought of that before, you know, so of course that was my favorite. But number one, I think is very, very important in terms of presenting and setting the stage in terms of conversation. And so Neil Donald Walsh, Conversations with God, part one, two, and three. Um, is something to look at. I believe it's on my recommended reading on my website because I think it's a, a great start for many people to move from where this particular client and gentleman was in terms of, you know, crap, I thought I, I learned all this because it was real and now nothing makes sense. Right. Well, and you make a good point. Your website has a lot of different types of materials or, you know, books and um, tools and different things that you can, you know, tap into. So you should probably give your yeah, and again. and the other one is the um, Carolyn Messes, and we've talked about this yes. before, Anatomy of Spirit, yeah, and that is an awesome one. Also, that's also on my website, and these are um, great places to start when one wants to kind of break apart that so-called. It feels like we get handed this mold, you mm-hmm. know. This is your religion upbringing, and then you want to like smash it open, like those rocks that you kind of smash open, and then you find all the crystals inside. You know yeah, those right. geodes. Yeah. You know those geodes that you get when you go to the like queer tourism shop <laughs> stuff. It's like there's those geodes, and they look like a crappy looking ball, and then you smash them, and then oh my god, inside there's beautiful crystals and. And they're all pretty. That's what it feels like to me that religion gets handed to you in that kind of crappy ball. And then you get to smash it open and see what sparkles and what is real and what is yours and what makes your heart sing, et cetera. And so that's kind of how I envision these books are a springboard to smash in that geode. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a good way to look at it. (laughs) Right, because you're finding something so valuable um, for yourself as you go through that, Mm -hmm. you know, that that crystal inside. And that light inside. Yeah, it's a, do that? it's a good metaphor. I just mm-hmm. kind of came up with that on the fly, but oh, I think I'm it impressed. is a good metaphor. Thanks. <laughs> um, one of the things that happens when we go through these transmutations or transformations of ourself with especially source energy, God, religion, dogma, et cetera, um, is that it, it seeps outward and sometimes freaks us out. And this is part of the dark night of the soul challenges as well. When we start to dismantle um, things, especially as something as foundational as a religious belief or a core value of safe or a core value of worth, when we start to dismantle those things and we start to go, holy shit, every single thing I thought is not real, this can at a very rapid pace escalate into holy shit, everything is not real. And then we can start to really go to an anxiety-based place of, 
I don't even know what's going on here. And this is a part of oftentimes the dark night journey. This is when the person oftentimes feels they're going insane. Mm -hmm. This is when we start to lose our ground in terms of nothing's real. So why am I even doing this? And this can become a very dangerous place and space. I don't know if you ever got there during any of your journeys, but I definitely was there. Does that resonate for you? Have you got? Yeah, I thought I lost everything and including who I was. Um, when I lost a, a job that I had had for a lot of years, yep. but um, as I, it was it was scary. I've never been that afraid. Right. I don't think in my life because then I, without that job, I didn't know who I was, and I didn't know what my purpose was to be here. But energetically, I'm even talking. It can get creepier, and I want to put this out because I don't want people that have experienced this to think that they're nuts. It can get bigger in that. I don't know if anything's real, meaning, mm -hmm. am I really here? Is this real? Am I going to wake up and know that this was the Truman Show for real? Am I in the movie, movie Inception? Am I in a quantum place that all of a sudden this is not um, what I thought it was and on and on? And these can get really freaking scary. I remember literally sitting with my mom. This is when I was going through this shit and I had some attachments on me from some work that I had done and hadn't cleared. This is many years ago when I wasn't as skilled practitioner and I had a lot of dark attachments from a dark, dark client I had worked on, not knowing that they were hanging on to me and everything started perspective wise and, and perception wise to not become necessarily real. And I remember sitting over at my mom's house and I was talking to her sitting in her den and she, the TV was going and she was talking. She was kind of looking at the TV. She was kind of talking to me. And I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, the whole room started to go, kind of like wiggle factor, like, I don't know if I'm really here. And I was getting sucked into these, like, mind-boggling, weird places of, am I disappearing right now in the middle of this conversation? Am I, like, really here? Is this really real? And this can incite such panic and such terror inside of the actual human because you think that you've like lost it. Like you think your mind and your brain is now clicked and you're ready for the rubber room. And I was not aware that this was part of a very detrimental dark corded energy, lost my ground, wasn't in my auric body, et cetera. So I didn't know. I just thought I was going nuts. And so I'm putting this forward on this one pretty far out there on on this particular, you know, unleashes is, is this is real for a lot of people. This mm -hmm. this is how people go nuts. This is why people probably don't want to be hiding in hallucinogenics when they're doing this at the same time. Well, then you really don't know what how I mean, to come back. Right. That's I can't imagine yeah. that. Yeah, it's terrifying. So so this is um an indication that a couple of things have happened that you have been brought into what we would call the matrix of programming, that you have stepped over the line of not being fully in body. And a couple of things probably have happened. You have probably had really negative things going on, like this particular client. In fact, um, part of the story that we weren't sharing is, is that he had a lot of um, bad things happening. Um, family members really sick and, and, and hurting, um, you know, job situations that are very difficult, partnership different, on and on and on it goes. And so when these pile up, these are like cords and cords and cords of energy and lots of negativity and dark stuff. And that makes you susceptible 
susceptible then to more energetic dark programming, which we would call then entity programming, meaning entity energies, um, ghosts, dark spirits, goblins, if you want to use all those weird words, can glom onto your field and actually start to suffocate the actual energy light body of you. And it can become darker and darker and darker. This will disassociate you from that third dimensional plane and start to go, what the hell? I can't even get my head together here. I'm taking 10 steps back every day to forward. I don't know what's going on. And it gets very, very scary. And we can go down the rabbit hole pretty darn fast. So this is when one wants to very much go and get some energy work. And, and my kind of work is one of them, but there's many kinds. It can be body work. It can be massage work. It can be cranial work. It can be, um, you know, it can even be just as much as get your ass outside and start to work with Mother Nature so that your actual physical form gets reconnected to the magnetic template of the earth itself and that we start to find that mother maternal nurturing so that my human body can get out of my head matrix and my messed up programmed mind matrix and back into the actual meat and bone existence and start to breathe mm -hmm. and pull that back in and actually get grounded. And if you can't do that on your own, I highly suggest you get some help. This is not the kind of professional help where you're going to walk into the normal MD and say, hey, by the way. <laughs> no. <laughs> Well, you can't. Well, you, well what's <laughs> going to happen? They'll take a bunch of tests and they'll find nothing wrong with and you. And then they're going to give you a bunch more yeah. drugs that are only going to make it worse because right. then you're going to turn into jello, you know. Yeah. So these are really um, things that can get uh, spurred on. And I'm not saying this to scare anybody or to put it in anybody's head that this is going to happen if you hit a dark night situation, mm -hmm. but it can happen. And I don't ever want someone to be out there having experiences that they don't understand. And I've even had um, individuals have experiences when they're in the state of mind where they're then looking in the mirror, just as a normal, you know, daily um, health practice of brushing my teeth or combing my hair. And all of a sudden the mirror is sucking me in and I'm getting sucked into the mirror and I'm thinking, you know, and you're, and you're actually having hallucinogenic kind of situations without the drugs because you're that gone out of your body. And so these are really, really out there mm -hmm. things that don't happen all the time, but I like to at least throw this stuff on the wall and see if it sticks for anybody out there mm -hmm. that's listening, because you're not necessarily going crazy at all. You just need some really serious energy help to get back in your body. Yeah. I think that's an amazing message because I was I was very fortunate because I was already working with you yeah. <laughs> before I went through what I thought, you know, or what my yeah. hardest challenges were right. in this lifetime so far. And, and that is a great, thank you, mm -hmm. by the way, but that is a great, um, you know, testimony to if you are doing energy work in any way, shape or form, when you hit the trials and tribulations of emotional upheaval and trauma, you will navigate that differently. Mm -hmm. And this Absolutely. is why people are doing different experiences with COVID, for example, um, you know, with pandemic stuff, with um, what's happening in government and, you know, and administrative stuff. All We are handling these things differently according to how much energy work we're doing mm -hmm. or how much spiritual journeying we're doing. The person who is really on track with that and actually having a practice will of course, get their butt kicked periodically and the rug pulled out under them once in a while. But the the flip factor, the return, the paradigm shift factor is so much quicker and the recovery time is so much faster because you have the skills. And, it, you know, part of that is, gosh, because 
I, you know, watching the media and, and it's such a fear based message most of the time that, um, sometimes I just have to step away with, you know, from it, but, and remind myself that I have total faith that the, you know, the benevolent, that, um, it, you know, God, they're there and, and things will be okay. Cause I, it's too overwhelming. Yep. Um, but to be able to do that in a genuine, like you said before, genuine way, uh, makes a world of difference. And again, practice makes perfect. You know, a lot of people are scared, especially this day and age. There, like I had mentioned briefly, there's so much trickster energy out there. There is so much energy in the what we call the collective field, meaning we each have our own individualized consciousness container. We each have our own world of reality. We each navigate planes of existence or dimensions in our own way per whatever we're creating from the inside out in connection to our source, right? Then when we blend all of us together and each of us combine together, we we start to merge into what we call the collective field, the greater collective, the collective consciousness. And we need to understand that collective consciousness knows no time boundary either. That doesn't mean, um, you know, that it stays with who we are and what we are right now. My collective consciousness of every lifetime I've ever been is in the collective. My individual collective, my universe, my individual universal selves are all in that big pool. And it keeps going and going and talk about a mind <laughs> screw, right? I mean, then you're like, what? So when we're when we're in that big of a pool, that's a lot of sharks. There's a lot of crap out there. And this is what we would call the 4D astral plane. Lots of different words for this collective consciousness, you know. Um, floats between many, many dimensions and planes, but we're talking about the astral, the ethers. Um, this is also susceptible to trickster programming, meaning there's very much dark agendas and negative agendas and, and horrible, you know, people and, and things that create themselves within themselves, you know, um, with technology, et cetera. This is where there's a lot of dark stuff that hides as a reversal or a backwards program that we think that, oh my God, I'm really talking to, you know, Jesus and it might not be Jesus. And so this is where it is very important. And again, this isn't to scare anyone or make people freak out about trying to talk to Jesus. It's important for us to know our own frequency, our own trust value, our own practice and fake it until we make it in terms of so that I know that when I'm talking with these so-called guides or benevolence or ascended masters or whomever, that this feels genuine, that this mm -hmm. feels truth, that I own this 100% fully within my own meat and bone existence, and that I can know that I can trust that communication without a wiggle factor. And if we aren't skilled in that, it's important for us to maybe start to learn. Yeah, it's, I absolutely. And, and to when you say I think for some people, I, I'm sure that are out there saying that, what did she just say to do? Because um, knowing your own frequency or, or knowing your own energy yeah. through meditation, you know, through um, quiet time, through sitting in nature, hugging a tree, yeah. you know, you learn what is you and what's not. Um, so when something does come in, you, you feel um, or you know, yep. you know, intuitively that that's just not not mine. So let's let, because that is confusing to maybe the general public and someone's listening going, what the hell did she just say? <laughs> let's put it into a third dimensional 
storyline, just for a metaphor or an analogy. It would be like I'm going and I'm meeting people at a party or I'm in a business meeting and somebody says something and my entire body goes, hell no, that is crap. That person's full of it. That is not true. There's no way my body reacts. My emotions, my physicality, my heart rate, my throat chokes, I pull back. There's many, many, many attributes in the physical body that we are so comfortable with in terms of meeting somebody, being in a meeting, fighting for a truth. I'm in court and the, you know, the defense lawyers hammering me down for this non-truth and my body wants to scream because that didn't really happen. I mean, there's a million scenarios that we can have in 3D mm-hmm. where we know that this is not my truth. This is crap. This person's trying to throw something down on me and I am not going to take it. All of those things in a 3D you know, situation, we understand. But the amazing part is, is we, for some reason, until we open our minds up to this oneness, don't understand that that same kind of a reaction can happen when I walk through a space or a place and I know something is toxic for me that isn't actually there. Mm -hmm. But it is there, but it isn't there in the realm that I'm in. Or I walk through the woods and I pick up something. Or I touch a tree or a rock. Or I am in a place with, you know, um, maybe ghost or spirit energy. Um, You know, this is all realms that are just different playgrounds beyond what those 3D ones of the courtroom, the classroom, the corporate room, all of those are all the same thing. It's just a different playing field. And so when we start to understand, first and foremost, it's important for me to acknowledge that I'm multidimensional, that these multidimensional places and spaces with information and frequencies are all there. Anyway, just because I can't see them doesn't mean they're not there. So acknowledging that in the first place, that I am a multidimensional human being that is 100% one with all of these energies, good, bad, and ugly, all over the place, all of the time, is the first step. And then understanding what do I want to do with that? How do I start to navigate that? How do I start to protect that? How do I start to engage with that? How do I walk away from that? And on and on. So, you know, spiritual journeying, metaphysical work, energy work, all of these, you know, um, cooperative names, whatever, crisscross names, it's all just learning about yourself in a bigger way. And this is our job, in my opinion, because we are in a creational reality that we're part of everything. So am I part of the tree? Yeah. Am I the bird? Yes. Am I the, you know, the guy that I can't stand that lives three houses down? Actually, yeah, in some regards. So we are opening ourselves to oneness and understanding, which then gives empathy and compassion. When empathy and compassion ignite, our bodies react. And so it's personal responsibility of understanding that growth pattern. And we can, you know, loop this totally back to the beginning of the conversation in terms of, God, in that regard, I can start to get know, you know, get to know very intimately through conversation if I take it from that perspective. Does that make a little bit more sense for the so-called general? Yeah, I still think it's a lot of information to take in. Yeah. And honestly, you, you can know, always you're gonna walk play. away from this conversation, <laughs> but there, are, you know, you know, there are places to go get additional information, like sure. like the books that you just mentioned and the tools that you have on your website, all yep. those kinds of things. And it's practice and it's have some mm-hmm. fun with it because we don't automatically, you know, get exposed to this kind of a concept until it's time. And in this client and many of these client cases, time 
will divinely show itself in a pretty crappy way. Mm-hmm. Time to enlighten yourself, to grow, to expand, to find oneness comes in the loss of a job, the loss of a partner, the loss of a loved one, the loss of something. It's always that loss makes us finally do something about it because we're so ridiculously ignorant on a daily basis, just walking around too busy doing stuff to really know, oh, wait, you mean this isn't my truth? You know, so oftentimes spirit will pull the rug out. And if we don't listen with one rug, it'll pull another one and another one. It sure does. (laughs) They're there. Hence dark night. Okay. So, yeah. And I I think that this is very, very important because we always, always, always want to stay out of the victim program that everything's happening to me. Because oftentimes um, what will happen when we're in the victim program is, is we will present ourselves in the controller. And this is how the archetypal process works. This is the flip side. The program is on both sides of the coin. If I'm the victim, what was me? Everything's happening to me. Then I'm going to project myself as that, you know, uh, now I've got to control everything in my life, but I don't really believe that either because I still think I'm being victimized and it's a lose, 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 you know? Oh, and that the controller part of it. Oh my gosh. I just, uh, when I started to really understand that, especially in myself, yeah. Um, how miserable I can make anyone around me with that controller archetype and, and the behavior. Yep. It, wow. But for a while, you know, until you're really aware, you think you're pretty hot shit, you know, like controlling everybody. Like This is why mm-hmm. we have the crappy bosses, the mean spouses, the horrible parents, and on and on, because we've all played those roles on both sides. We've all been the controller and the victim. And when we're in the controller program, to a heightened extent without the inner knowing, the inner knowledge of true compassion and empathy, we think we're pretty hot stuff. And when we really go deep, it doesn't really feel as good as we think it does. <laughs> it, no, definitely not. I I had to reflect back on you know some of the people I hurt with that type of um, control behavior. Yeah. You know, it, it, including my family. You know, I think the longer my list and the better my list was, and the more I could tell everybody what they needed to do and be in control, the more horrible it was for them. <laughs> hey, that totally brings up another thing that just has been happening to so many clients within the last couple of weeks. Something is also shifting in the energy right now in terms of people are dreaming about old relationships, old employees, old employers, old friends, old spouses, old boyfriends, girlfriends, et cetera, et cetera, in, in huge amounts right now. Because what they're doing is, is they're actually purging all of their programming or experiences where they played the victim or the controller mode. And it's crazy that you, yeah. you know, that you just thought of that because um, my family, we were just together and the, my daughters were talking about how the strangest, the people they haven't seen for so long are showing up in their dreams yep. in these weird scenarios of, you know, and, and I've done the same thing. Yeah thinking it was just me. No, it's rampant. you're rampant. talking to people, yeah. they're like, what, what is happening? And it's because this purge is yeah. like stirring the pot and all the crap is coming to the top of the soup, you know? And so not only just in dream state, but mostly in dream state, because this is the most easy way and fastest way and quickest and, and safest way to mm-hmm. dump all that programming. But definitely they are, many of my clients are actually having in a physical form, the resurgence of, oh my God, I can't believe I smashed into him or her in Walmart. You know, it's like, you got to yeah, be Yeah, they're showing me. up in real life. Yeah, and it's like blowing yeah. people's minds because they're like, what is going on? Or and reaching just, out from nowhere. You know, you talk to him for five or six years and all of a sudden they're, how are you? Yeah. Hey, let's get like, together. You're like, wait, what? what? <laughs> 
And I think some of that has to do with, of course, our technology and the weirdness of things like, you know, you can Google anybody or find anybody on Facebook or whatever, mm-hmm. which is kind of a, you know, a, a double-edged sword. You know, sometimes that's a great thing. Sometimes mm-hmm. that's not so great because God forbid, yeah, I looked at all your photos, you know, and so it's like, <laughs> you know, that can be kind of creepy. But yeah. I think that this resurgence of anything that is left un finished as business. Um, This is a beautiful opportunity, in my opinion, as a human body, because I do so much death and dying work. This is a human opportunity to clear out your container, because we will clear out all of those containers in the death process and post death process in terms of making atonements, um, letting people go, forgiveness, Mm -hmm. opening heart space, et cetera. All of those opportunities are coming forward right now. And this is why we're dreaming about, you know, those that we had conflicts with or or those that were difficult for us or whatever, so that we can either make amends to them in some fashion or make even more importantly amends to myself. It's about me forgiving myself, letting myself off the hook and understanding oftentimes what we were stuck in, meaning that victim or controlling mode. So this is self-forgiveness and self-alignment. And this is so important because you will die. We all will die. And the day that we do die, this process will happen, whether it's on planet in this body or off planet in another form. And it's easier and faster and quicker, if you can believe it, in this form and um, better for the process of what you're moving into while you're still here. It makes your death process easier. So it's something to, you know, it's a great spin on why to do it. <laughs> well, I, it's a, it, and again, difficult. Let's talk about difficult when you really are opening your heart to really think about some of these like relationships or, or people and to be honest with yourself. Yeah. That's not easy yep. to really be honest and about. Humble and like, right. Because you're going from that victim you know, um, archetype into, wait a minute, you know, that was me. Yeah. I'm in charge of me and I need to forgive me. I need to forgive, you know, you know, really go into myself to do that. And it's, it's not always easy. And, or let's say you were the crappy boss and you were having the employee dream. Okay. It's also allowing the employee to perceive you as the crappy boss because in your mind you might have not been the crappy boss and so this is another form of compassion and empathy to allow that person to honor their own version of truth even though it might not be yours without you feeling like well wait a minute I wasn't that and getting all irritated and angry that you were judged and so this keeps going it's like a it's like a ripple effect are you following oh, that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Super important. Can so. I tell you something really creepy, funny? Yeah. <laughs> we, were, we were in Montana last summer and with my whole family. And um, when I lost my job, what, six years ago? or I think it's six years ago. Um, the guy that was my boss, I really had a tough time with and blamed him for a long time. I mean, I, and I thought I forgave him. I thought I went through. We were in a museum in Bozeman, Montana, and he butt dialed me. No, I way. thought I was going to throw up all over the floor in front of me because Six years later. I'm like, what? And then I realized, so I hadn't really finished this work. Ah. So then, um, as we went up into Glacier National Park, you know, and and took some quiet time, you know, we did a lot of hiking and quiet time. 
I sat down on a rock and I did more work around that, Good. I was not done. Yeah. You know, but that whole experience of seeing his name come up on my phone. But again, just, you we know, were talking. Like, we were talking earlier. Your body did the yeah. Right. Your body couldn't breathe. Your body got tense. Your body. It's just that anxiety just, feeling you know. of I'm going to be ill. Yes. I, I'm not can't breathe. Like, this is what we were talking about: owning your own frequency, mm-hmm. owning your own understanding. That now that you have skills and that you have more knowledge, you connected the dot of. I'm not done. I'm not done. I got stuff to do. Yeah. So I know it was really it was so really interesting. No, I think there's still more, <laughs> a little more. It comes up once in a while. It's like a light, you know, like we it's layers of an onion. You yep. just you do a layer and you're feeling good about it, and then all of a sudden another one percolates up. And yeah. you know, so I, I think I have more work to do around it, but I'm working on it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the joy of being human because if we don't understand again that there's always going to be something that can trigger me. Mm-hmm. The goal, in my opinion, as a practitioner is to help my clients and myself pivot faster, mm-hmm. you know, recoup quicker, paradigm shift on the spot, et cetera, et cetera, so that you can own it. So yeah, that's amazing. Cool. Yeah, it's it's such an interesting time. That's for sure. Well, it's not getting easier. <laughs> OK, well, hopefully everybody got a little bit out of something on that. That was a lot of different client work all wove together. But like I said, most everybody will be coming across what we would call some sort or semblance of dark night work in the next years to come. So on behalf of Kim and I, we hope that you navigate that with ease and grace. And until next time, Cosmic Hugs. Thank you so much for listening. You'll hear from us again soon. For any more information, please check out sworthly.com. Thanks.